Are you tired of the same old pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 4,000 hours of the best pro wrestling events from over 110 of the biggest names in the industry from over 15 countries around the globe. Get your free trial today at powerslam.tv. The following is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. Episode 44 of Social Suplex's podcast about AEW with a proclivity for positivity. Welcome to All Things Elite. I'm your host, Floyd Johnson. With me today, we have a special guest for the Under the Weather, Tiffany. We got his name is from the Social Suplex, Mr. Greg Records. How you doing today, Greg? Pretty good, man. How you doing? Just fine. You have like, like, that's pretty awesome. Like if you were a producer or a musician... You know, that would just kind of be like, you know, nail on the head there. Well, I actually have a funny story about that. Oh. I actually, there is a guy named Greg Records that has a, uh, like a audio store. I found online, like when I was in high school in 98 and I messaged him like a, like a goofy email, like saying like, Hey, you better give me back my, my site, blah, 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 blah. Like just pretend like, you know, he stole my identity or something like as a kid, cause I was being stupid and I got the most aggressive email back and i was scared like he was talking about talking to lawyers and stuff i had to hurry up and email him back be like no man i'm just in high school i'm just kidding you know i didn't mean anything by it so i've, I've actually run into that before that is hilarious did he reply back to your reply he was just like oh yeah okay cool man like he, he was just like because uh, it was it was a for real business for him he was a small business owner so he was like oh okay let's go to war you know uh I'm not. I, I was just like a like 16, so I didn't know what the hell I was doing. Yeah, I could imagine that. Yeah, you know, you were just being silly. Thought he'd get a kick out of it, and you read you read the room wrong. Yeah, I didn't <laughs> expect any reply back. I was like, okay, this is a business. They're not going to ever respond to me. And it was just one guy. He was like, oh, I've been doing this since I was a kid. You know, this is my this is my baby. And I was like, I felt bad, but uh, you know, never did that again. All right. Well, that's hilarious, actually. Well, Greg, <laughs> just to let you know, people might wonder why Greg is on this show. Greg, um, we are in the social suplex chat group together. And yeah, they, I, they usually see my articles on the uh, on the site as Maserati. Yes, he is on the site as Maserati, and also he was at Full Gear with me. Yes, I was. That was awesome. 
yeah, he went to the Full Gear show. Uh, uh, we came through, and he got to watch uh, some good AEW wrestling live. He got to see Cody be betrayed. Yes, All right. that was great. Well, we, we got to get some uh, business out the way. Just want to start the show by reminding you this episode of All Things Elite is brought to you by Power Slam TV. Power Slam TV, where you get access to over 4,000 hours of content from over 110 of your favorite wrestling brands from countries all around the globe, right onto your laptop and mobile device. If you use the code Social Suplex, you get the first month free. So, a reminder for everyone uh, definitely make sure you're using the Power Slam TV. But uh, just the uh, last time I'll do this is that Social Suplex Podcast Network, we migrated from Podbean to Red Circle. That should not affect you at all if you just have the regular social suplex network uh, feed. You would still get all things elite on that feed. You should see no problems there. Uh, what it does add is that you can go directly to your favorite podcast uh, app, whether it's Google, Apple Podcasts, even YouTube. Throw in all things elite, and you will get uh, you can get a direct stream of our show. Every show on the Social Suplex Podcast Network is great, but if you just directly want to use All Things Elite, you will have a direct link to All Things Elite. Also, through Red Circle, they have a, a donation button. You can click on that. You can kick us money if you want. Anything that you send goes directly back into the show. Uh, you know, I'm not. I've been very clear. I'm not trying to make money off of this. Uh, if you do it. It's going to go to better equipment, making the sound quality better. You know, anything anything that I can do to make the show better. Uh, maybe, you know, maybe get some guest people on the, on the show. Maybe, you know, because some people do charge. It's kind of weird. Uh, you can, uh, so that is, that's that's all that changes, is that you have a direct link, and now you can uh, donate if you would like to. Uh, definitely leave us a review uh, on uh on any of your social, any of your sites, so whether it's Google, Apple Podcasts, make sure you leave a review. Let us know what we can do, if we can do it better. Ask any questions you may have. Uh, yeah, so there you go. That's why if you leave a review, we'll definitely give you a shout out on the show. All right, that's all the you know housekeeping. The big news of the week this week on AEW. It's not how we usually start a show. But big news of the week is kind of, you know, it's kind of weird. This week's big news was uh, with Greg. The big news was the women's segment on on AEW. I mean, it was a very, for the most part, unpopular uh, mm. segment of the women's. Uh, it was it was for our women's title. It was the challenger Chris Statlander. Versus the champion Rio, we find out uh, at the match on beginning on commentary. We had Miss Brandy Rhodes on commentary with Excalibur, Tony, and Jim Ross. Uh, so, Greg, without going into too much description, as far as I'm not going to talk about what happened, what did you think of it? Well, uh, we we talked about it back and forth in the group uh, the group chat, and I think one of the the problems I'm having with it is twofold. Um, one, it's been going on since like what was it, November or October? Yeah, uh, November. It's been, it's been November. It's been going on for a while, and, and 
you know, as if I'm more, I started out as a fan of New Japan when I met you guys. And so I've had to learn to adapt to slow roll, slow burn stories. Like we just had Naito and Okada. And what's that like two years in the making for yes. that, that whole story. Yeah. So I'm okay. I'm okay with slow burn. I, I can, you know, force myself to, to like, you know, endure it. I think the, the the number one problem I have is that I don't know the why and I don't know uh, the 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 reason for Brandy's decision. It's it's almost too transparent to me that she just wants to be a heel. She she's like uh, I, and the reason why I'm being open minded about it is because she's kind of doing what Matt Hardy did when he went to TNA. Like she's just doing a bunch of stuff, which is fine because Matt Hardy eventually ran into the broken character that was great. I'm willing to give someone a million chances as long as they eventually get there. Uh, I, can, I can just tell you right now, I'm not understanding the why. So I don't understand. Uh, it, to, to me, it's almost like uh, I want to be a bad guy because I want to be a bad guy. And I don't really, I can't really invest in that because it's just like I know what's going to happen each match, and but I don't know why. The other problem I have with it is that I don't want to boo Brandy. Uh, she since they started AEW, she's had her show Shots of Brandy. She's been on BT, uh, being the Elite, and she's just been she's been doing all this uh, other stuff. That like, uh, what was it for people that have problems with sensory uh, sensory sensory issues? Yes. She's been like doing. Yeah, she's like a genuinely a good person, and she's been upfront about that. And you know, one of the th- and this is this is a me thing. I kind of like kayfabe a lot. I, I kind of like the wrestlers. Like I like Mox. Not like Moxley's not on Twitter at all. I love that because I love him just being a character. And that's selfish, but I, I I like being a mark. I like you know not believing that wrestling's real, but I like to kind of like lose myself in it. I like to get angry at the TV, like where I'm like screaming at Kurt Angle to make someone tap. I, I just really like getting into it. And when I see Brandy on the screen, I don't. It's hard to hate her, and she's trying her hardest to be hated, and she. Uh, I don't know if you were listening to the commentary, but she was like insulting Excalibur and it's just, she can do it. Like she was, she's been a great heel manager for, for Cody. She's been, you know, evil, like taking, like getting in the way and pretending like she's hurting and laughing about it. I think she's very talented and it's just kind of hard for me to like, um, to not like her, to boo her. And that can happen to a lot of wrestlers. I was like, okay, we like you though. We're, we're, We're like not being a smart mark, but like, I, I like her. I don't want to boo her. I want to. I want to cheer for her. Uh, so it, that might be a me thing. But the first part is just the why. I don't understand the why, and I think they kind of need to get to like why she's doing it. I mean, Cody even kind of made fun of her in one of his promos. He's like, "Okay, apparently my wife's cutting off people's hair." Uh, I think they could kind of, if they got to the why a little faster, I think more people would be okay with it. Okay, now let me ask, what? More do you need explained about why? Because the only reason I'm going to elaborate on my question really quick uh, before mm. you answer. Um, like, I've been watching wrestling my whole life. I don't remember a time in my life when I didn't watch wrestling. I've said that many times. Mm-hmm. It seems like a basic power grab storyline that's always been there. She wants to control the women's division. She is not like an EVP or head of the women's division. So she's come up with the alternate way to control the women's division. She's not good enough to be a wrestler, but she is great on the mic. So she surrounds her people herself with people 
that are going to help her take control of the women's division. She then asked Chris Statlander, who she sees as super talented and a threat to her group, to join the group, a la Chris Jericho with Amber uh, Moxley. I almost called him Amberverse again. Uh, Moxley. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so when she then turned her down, she is going to do everything that she can to keep her from being successful. If me to me, that is straightforward. Am mm-hmm. I and, and I'm I'm giving you to tell me, am I filling in the holes of the story? Or that I and I'm serious, I want you to answer it. I'm not this is not rhetorical. Am I filling in the holes of the story or or am I simplifying oversimplifying the angle? No, that that was uh, that was a good explanation because I think that's kind of also been like my frustration is the why. I was kind of like, well, what's going on with these this group of characters? Because um, I think the uh, it's not a rebuttal, but like uh, Chris Chris is the champion, Chris Jericho. Uh, they don't really have besides Kong. Uh, Melanie's going to wrestle at Bash, Bash at the Beach. Uh, they haven't really had a, like a, an actual person in the number one contender mm-hmm. uh area and i think that's why i was confused is because it was kind of like a bunch of just miscellaneous people and they were just and kong was there but she kong hasn't she, even though she kind of should be in the title uh contention because she's she hasn't lost um not since she's had like that four-way and she didn't even lose directly i don't believe I, if someone else took the fall so i i think it would make more sense if they were like uh in in that contention like they're kind of just they kind of seem like they're kind of like just bubbling at the bottom yeah and i feel like she needs that inner circle promo you know where basically jericho basically said what everyone's role in the inner circle was yes you know know, it's just like you don't really understand like what roles there are but i know brandy's brandy is was one of the first fixes they made from aw it was like you know, even though she won her only match, you know, they were like, you're not good enough. So you're not going to wrestle anymore. And I don't I might be putting words in their mouth, but because I love Brandy. Don't don't give me with the ground. She's one of those people I can honestly say kind of worship the ground that she walks on. But I am a realistic wrestling fan. I have eyes. So I think you're right that people say that, <laughs> but I think people are also unfair. Because, yeah. like, a lot of wrestlers that are great have been wrestling for, like, 20 years. Yeah. She hasn't like, just wrestling. straight. Yeah, she hasn't been wrestling that long. And she's gotten better. Like, I, I, were you watching NXT when uh, Ava Marie went down for yeah. a little bit? Yeah. Like, when she first got on her mic, she got booed so much, and she actually looked visibly uncomfortable. Like, she was about to cry. Like, she actually looked like she was not having a good time. I got behind her because of that. Because I was like, okay, I feel bad for this. Even though she was a bad guy. I was kind of rooting for her behind, like you know, behind that, hoping she got better. And she did get better. She never got good, but she did get better. And wrestling's hard. Like, like the some people are naturally gifted, like Osprey, but some people take like ten years before they start getting like, you know, getting it down. And Brandy is like, yeah, she wasn't great, but I've seen worse. And she was getting better. I, I feel like uh, she is great on the mic, and I think they could have giving her more shots but if they're going to go down this route like what you're saying like the explaining the why 
that's kind of been like what exactly everyone's role is. That's what's been frustrating to me is because I'm like, I didn't understand. Because at first they started with like just like a voodoo gimmick and then they were cutting people's hairs off. I don't know. If, like, I didn't know if they were going for like a voodoo doll or something. And now it's just a faction, which, you know, probably makes more sense. Uh, but like what you said, if they kind of just explained why they're doing it and what everyone's role is like, we know what Kong's doing. She's the enforcer. Uh, but I didn't know if they were going to – I, I kind of want to know who they're going to push to be champion. Like Statlander, they were going for her, but now she now she rejected. They kind of need someone to, to fight Statlander. Um, and I'm not sure besides Kong who that's going to be. I don't think they're going to push Kong like that. I think they are. I, th- I, I truly do. I think they're going to okay. push Kong. If you ask my opinion, I think the ultimate feud or whatever is Kong versus Chris for the title. I think Kong's going to beat Rio. Uh, I want Nyla versus Kong. <laughs> yeah, and then, of course, Nyla versus Kong will happen. You know, but I think Kong is on and, and it is on uh, Glow. She's yeah. a crossover name. You know what I mean? Most mm. people at least know her from that. She is comfortable doing interviews and things like that. If you're looking for a face of the division, something that casuals would know. Awesome Kong is a perfect person to do that. And if you want to use her somewhat casual fame to get someone that's not over over, you do that. You use her to get Chris Statlander over. See, that was yeah. see with the result of the match for we haven't really said it was uh the Nightmare Collective got heavily involved in the match. And then there wasn't a clean finish. Rio uh, rolled up Chris Statlander. Now, I definitely have a few tweets out there. Uh, One is from Mr. Jeremy Donovan from the Social Suplex. And I I wanted to see what you thought about this, if you had any thoughts. He says, I get AEW doesn't want to do DQs, but come on. There's blatant interference throughout the match. Makes the ref look like he had uh, he has no authority. At this point, they should, should just say there's no DQs in AEW matches. What do you think about that statement? What do you think um, and I, how it goes with this? Weren't they doing a gimmick where the refs kind of were messing up? Wasn't that like a real gimmick they were doing for that a little bit? That was a real get, gimmick. Um, yeah, there was a lot of interference, but did the I, it's. Did the ref see any of it? I wasn't paying that much attention to what the ref was looking at. If the I ref saw it, yeah, I get it. I, the ref saw them around the ring. I don't think they saw, like, when Rio got through into the guardrail, I think the ref was looking a different way. And I don't think they saw when Chris got distra- I mean, got attacked. But I mean, when she got distracted and Rio got the pin it was clear that they were distracting her. And it's just, it, it's just, yeah, I guess you could have went with an EQ, but I've seen more happen in more matches in different companies that yeah. I didn't think it was that big a deal. I, it, I, it was, it was, it was busy. It was a busy finish. And it was, a, it was, there was a lot going on outside, but I'm also not sure if they're doing the, they're kind of, Back and forth if they want to do the New Japan thing where if anything outside the ring is kind of like, all right, the ref has no jurisdiction. Um, I'm not sure if they're going for that either. Um, 
but they could and they they are taking a lot from new japan uh, with how they with how they do things so they could they could write it off like that if they decide to but i i don't think they're done with the refs are terrible gimmick <laughs> and it, it that crosses into like mma too like if you want to win you gotta you can't count on a refs or judges you gotta you know you gotta you gotta put them away um it, it was too busy for me but um this is the whole thing. I know Chris Statlander's over. But yeah. he hasn't been wrestling a long time, right? Maybe they don't want to put the pressure of being the champion on her yet. On a major, yeah, it would be fast. major TV. And that's the big thing is people, the, the, the whole idea of building characters, you know, taking a while to create them, you know, getting the crowd to the point of desperation of wanting them to be champion and then giving them the title is like very old school wrestling. And my whole thing is we live in such a now type of area that it, that just, you know, it might not be time yet, but it's directly answering Jeremy's quote. I would like more clarification I'm not sitting there. I'm not talking about a minute segment, but they're great ways to let the announcer weave in what the rules of AEW are. But I do think it's unfair that they are people are taking rules from other companies and trying to apply them to AEW when AEW is currently building their universe. You know what I mean? They're building what they think wrestling is. And not every rule that you've seen in WWE or whatever is going to necessarily apply to AEW. Yeah, and playing devil's advocate, like when I switched from when I started watching New Japan, like you got to kind of forget the rules of previous promotions. You got to, you got to, like you. The first thing you do is like, okay, this guy's kind of like this guy, and this guy's kind of like that guy, and then you're never right because everyone's unique. So you kind of have to like take other promotions out and just, okay, this is different. Uh, yes, you're, I agree with you. They could be more clear, and the announcer should be weaving in like the rules, and I, and I would like concrete rules. I think a lot of people were just upset for different reasons. Like I clearly was upset because I'm, was confu- I'm you know, not sure where I land on the Nightmare Collective yet, and I was just frustrated with like, all the shenanigans they were doing. and like, you know, they're, they're just constantly doing things, and I want them to tell me why. Uh, Jeremy was upset with the, the, like, the unclearness about the rules. I think a lot of people, and some people were upset about the nonsense about them not delivering, like, on a title match, which is, you know, if they actually want to compare it to WWE, WWE constantly does that. <laughs> I think that's one of the things we've been talking about, too, in the group chat, is how uh, they constantly lie about, you know, their actual card. Uh, what's what's the terminology? Uh, what, what were they saying they did? Uh, where they. Yeah, they they do it all the time, and then the one time AEW does it, and not even on purpose, but just because there was a miscommunication, people were you know poisoning the well and you know saying things in bad faith, like oh here they go, like you know they're not delivering, they're not giving the fans what they want, and you know some of a lot of it's in bad faith. Some a lot of it is. It's just people picking sides are thinking they have to pick sides like oh i'm a wwe guy so i gotta pick apart aew or i'm an aew guy i gotta pick apart nxt it's i always say i am very much an aew cheerleader and i am very much 
hey, your TV should be on AEW Wednesday nights at 7. But mm. I don't take my – I don't think NXT is a lesser product. Mm. And, and you, know, you know, I don't. I think it's one of the – of the next to in New Japan – of the pro of the promotions I watch, it's the second best entering product. I think the entering product in NXT currently is better than the in uh, uh, than the entering product at AEW on a week to week basis. Uh, we were talking about uh, you were saying NXT. You think is just you think it's really good. You don't you don't hate on it. You, uh, you no, okay. you're not uh, aside. And I agree with you. I, I just there's a lot of people that are disingenuous with what they're saying about both products. And you know, AEW they gotta if you're if you're being objective about it, they are a new company, and there are a bunch of people learn like Tony Khan's new at this at wrestling, and he's got to listen to a bunch of wrestlers, and they gotta and they're picking good talent, but they're gonna make mistakes in the beginning. NXT was not perfect when it first started. Let's be honest, yeah. it took a while before it got great, and when it got great, it got great. So, do you watch football, American football? I do not, unfortunately. Okay. Well, back in the late 90s, uh, they added two teams, Carolina and Jacksonville. And what, uh, and when you're expansion football team, what they do is they let you pick a couple players or they make a pool of players that basically other teams don't want. And you have to mm-hmm. pick from them. And, and then you – you know, do the best to make your team. And generally, when there's an expansion team, it takes a few years for them to get good. Well, that's my biggest comparison for AEW. They're an expansion wrestling promotion. The great thing about them is they had a group of stars, and that was Mm -hmm. the elite. They're building around that. But the other people that they're assigning, while they are good wrestlers, they weren't signed with major companies. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, like, for their women's division, again, really, really think there's a lot of potential there. But they weren't all, they weren't stars, you know what I mean? This is not Tessa Blanchard. This is not the uh, Charlottes. These are not the people that have been wrestling for years on a huge stage, you know what I mean? These are people that are some two, three years into their career, you know. You know, and if they are a little longer into career – they didn't really have that major outlet. You know what I mean? So it's just, so they're building around a lot of green talent. Like Awesome <laughs> Kong is, Awesome Kong is different, but she is the veteran that is probably past her prime at this point. Mm-hmm. Another team didn't want, you know what I mean? She's past her prime. They brought her in. That's great. That gives some name recognition. Rio. No one in America knew who she was before she came over here. Now, my my thing with Rio is this. This is weird because I saw a lot of people saying they wanted a new champion and Chris Statlander and all that stuff. And I was like, why is it, why is it time for a new champion? And then they just said, uh, they just say, you know, I just think it's time. So, of course, I put out a poll. Do you like Rio's women's champion? Which I literally thought with me running all things elite Twitter account, this was going to be a complete blowout. It was mm-hmm. like 51% yes. Well, I think I have a few ideas on why that is. Why is that? Um, yeah, that's what, we, that's what we're here for. We're, we're breaking down the women's division. 
Well, I think it's two things. I think the number one thing is some I've done, one of the most fair and one of the most objective statements is Rio hasn't been on. She hasn't been seen as much as she probably could be. She's been in Japan a few times, which is understandable, and I, I would like to see more of her too. Um, I like I like Rio. She's great underdog. Great underdog. She every time she wins, like she gets a crap kicked out of her, and she manages to roll someone up like. In a legitimate, like you know, sunset flip or something, and, and it's great to watch. And she's a great wrestler. Um, the other thing I, I, I think that happened is people really got behind Chris Statlander, and I'm, you know, not being negative, but I didn't. Like, she's good, but I, I, I think people got hyped up by her because she had like a really good match, and she did. Uh, but then uh, we're talking about the match. I wasn't very impressed by it like when she had against Rio and maybe I'm out of line. Maybe I was, maybe I need to get my eye checked, but it was all right. And there, it, there were some points where it was a little kind of, uh, they weren't on the same page and that could happen even the great wrestlers. But, um, when you were asking earlier, if Chris Statlander should have the belt, I don't think it's time. I think she could. And, and especially with the way they book, they like the book with slow burn, you know, build people up and give them an actual, like uh, a series of obstacles to overcome before they finally, you know, climb that mountain. So I think it was too early, but I think a lot of people got hyped up by Chris Statlander, and they, they were just like really into her because she had that one good match, which which has happened, and that's good. Uh, but no, I don't think it was time. Uh, but I think it's a combination of people being upset that Rio hasn't been on TV as much. I think Britt's been on TV more than she has, and people just really getting behind Chris. Yeah, so, yeah, I, and that was the whole thing. And it, and that happens with uh, that happens with a lot of wrestlers. It happened with Roman Reigns. It happens when wrestlers get hot. Everybody's like, put the title on them right now. Yes. And the, the thing about it is you have to do what's best for the story. Mm-hmm. You can't just shotgun somebody the champion. Otherwise, Luchasaurus would probably be the AEW champion right now. Because and there's some promotions that do that, and then they end up paying for it because it becomes like a hot potato of titles. Like, I love New Japan, but sometimes they treat their never title like that. And it's just like, stop, just let someone build it up. And that's, that's a frustration I have. Of like, And, and that's one of my I'm – I'm, I'm definitely defend New Japan. I love New Japan. It's one of my favorites. But there are some. Sometimes they treat their titles, some of their lesser titles, as just hot potato titles. Like, okay, we want to push this guy, put a belt on him. And if we're, if you're a fan of WWE, you should know that that doesn't actually make someone. They, you have to, the someone, the person makes the belt, not the opposite way around. And I think if they gave Chris the belt right away, it, it would kind of, in my opinion, and maybe I'm wrong, but I think that kind of devalues the title. The title should be something that's just sacred. Like it's like a holy grail. Like when you get it, you've earned it. Not just because you're popular, but because you beat everybody. Yeah, being the champion to me should be the culmination of a story, right? It's yeah. like you put the title on Luchasaurus, or you put the title on Scorpio Sky when everybody was behind him for a second. The question isn't the question isn't that you put the title on him. The question is what's next? Who do mm-hmm. they feud with? What story are you trying to tell with them as the champion? And like I say, like with Luchasaurus, I use them as example because after a double or nothing, you know, the first double or nothing, he was really, really hot. And everybody was like, push this guy to the moon. And it was like, well, it doesn't align with the story. It, it, that is quick if you're trying to get a pop and draw a little money. But if you're trying to tell a continuously 
long story, as you're trying to build your company, you can't make those reactionary decisions. I think WCW did that a lot. Mm-hmm. I remember when they put the title on Goldberg. And the question was, once Goldberg became champion and he's unbeatable, what do you do after that? Then you end up with cattle prod and finger poke of doom. Because you know what? They didn't have a plan for after Goldberg. They didn't have yeah, a plan you... for after they give him. He's reached his goal. What do you do now? Yeah, once you get the once you reach the top, sometimes like uh, and I can't think of a specific example, but I know a lot of promotions they'll put a bell on someone real quick, and then the only place, the only way they can go from there is down. You know, they, they, you you've reached the top. What else is left for you? Like I, I think, and I I'm not sure if I'm misremembering that Paige won the title like pretty quick when she was in WWE, and it's like, well, what else do you do in the women's division? There's no other titles. You know, you you lose it, and then you go back down. Like. The title, like sometimes putting it on a Jericho, like people were, were saying, like, oh, he's too old. Why did they put it on him? It's a perfect spot because he's got legitimacy. And, like, yeah, he's getting older, but, like, we need the other wrestlers to fight to beat him. Yeah. Whoever, you know? like, whoever beats Jericho is going to be super over. You know what I mean? They're the man. Yeah, they're going to be the man, even if it is Kenny Omega or Moxley, which I don't think it should be Moxley personally. I think it might be because then Kenny has to beat Mox. I don't think it should be Mox because uh, it doesn't. He doesn't need the rub. He doesn't need that. No, he doesn't. He. I think it should be someone that needs it. Kenny Omega to the some American audience, and I'm not talking about the diehard elite fans. I'm talking about to the new fans. Is kind of an unknown commodity. He really needs the win over Jericho. Well, now he does, yeah, because he's lost to yes. uh, like Hawk, Mox, yeah. and Jericho. Yeah, so he's lost to everybody, you know what I mean? This is just like, but uh, I told Nikki I was going to put this on here. She says, she was uh, Nikki, one of our loyal listeners, uh, she, was, uh, in, uh, she was in the arena, and she says, I have to say this. I was sitting in a row full of black folks who pop for everybody black because that's because that's what we for the culture. When the Nightmare Collective came out, it went from guys popping for Brandy, looking fine, she was looking right, to being completely silent. The Nightmare Collective segment took what was a good women's match that people were enjoying and ended up confusing the live crowd. Then folks popped at the end when the faces fall back. Nobody really uh, fucking with the Nightmare Collective, not even the black fans. Now I had to. I wanted to put this out there because this uh, Nikki. I consider her. A, she's a real fan. She's a very even-minded wrestling fan. She generally doesn't go too far right or too far left. She's a very even-minded person, and she's like, "Man, the Nightmare Collective's not over." And for me, someone who's pretty, you know, defending it. I'm not saying, and and I want to make my thoughts on this clear, I'm not saying the Nightmare Collective is good. I'm also not saying it's the worst thing I've ever seen on wrestling like people have tweeted out. I'm saying it just is. It's a basic wrestling storyline from a lower card faction that, you know, doesn't matter. The reason that they're there is to get Chris Statlander over. 
she is going to dispatch of them and move on at some point. Maybe that's becoming the champion or whatever, but they're there to get her over. So, like, I heard a lot of people crying about Luther, the uh, the Japanese hardcore legend Luther. Now, for those that don't know, he goes by Dr. Luther. He, he is semi-retired Canadian professional wrestler. Him and Jericho are around the same age. They've known he, he's from Calgary. They've known each other forever. It looks like if I'm doing the numbers, they were either trained at the dungeon, dungeon at the same time or around the same time. So they're familiar with each other. So, you know, Jericho hooked up his friend with a minor role in a faction. Why is that? Why do you think people find that such a big deal? I'm asking you because you, I do know you are more in the middle. You know what? You just like wrestling. So I, I really want your objective opinion. Um, well, I didn't know all that about Luther, and it would have been nice if the announcers went into a little bit about him. See, that's, that's, that's kind of one of the things I was confused about because I didn't know what he would do because you can't really have him hitting the women because uh, they don't do intergender yet. They might do it with with uh, Omega and Riho and uh, Kip Sabian and uh, Napoli Ford, but um, I guess I was kind of confused. He's kind of a strange because I remember when she came out, she was talking about how she's going to fix a lot of different things. She wasn't even mentioning. And we're talking about Brandy when she came in. She said she was going to fix a lot of the problems when she was doing her her heels uh, speech about a lot of things in in AEW. And I took that, and maybe I interpreted it wrong. Like she was talking about the men's division as well. So when I saw Luther come out, I was like, "Oh, is this going to be kind of like an inner circle thing where like a bunch of people start coming out and they're taking over like the tag division? They're taking over like I thought the Net Nightmare Collective would become like a, a kind of like a Dark Order thing, like where it it uh enco- like, it encompasses everything, kind of like a Hill Hybrid from uh or Hill Hydra from like Captain America. You know what I mean?" So I and that's one of the my problems with the wise is I don't I, I guess it, when you when you have like a story uh, TV show where the villains are in the background doing stuff but you kind of don't find out what they're actually doing till the end of the season it better be really good because you kind of made people wait a while um, I, I'm not sure what they're doing with Luther uh, I'm not sure what they can do if he's if he's retired um, hey, no, he's just more like I think he's more like a brandy bodyguard type person. He he's a minion, a servant of Brandy. I do, I, I you know Brandy Brandy is the general, you know. Uh, Kong uh-huh. Kong is her head soldier, you know. She is she's the soldier on the his shoulder. Uh, Mel is the front line. She you know she goes in front of Kong, and then Kong puts the people down. That's how I see it. But like I said, I might be using more my advanced understanding of wrestling storytelling to fill in holes that aren't being filled in by the announce team. And honestly, that's what I feel like after talking to you is that I'm filling in the holes for them and we need the announcers to be filling in these holes. Yeah, because she's been doing a lot of like Bray Wyatt kind of potential. There's potential in this. Like, no matter what anyone says, if someone says there's no potential in this faction, they're not really, either they're not paying attention or they're just being disingenuous. There's potential. Brandy, like I said, she could actually take over the whole company with a faction that has these type of members in it. Um, but I, I need to know 
what I'm getting invested in at this point. Because uh, it's been since uh, you said November, um, and Chris wasn't even a member on the on the on the on the roster then. So like I need like it seems like uh, what were they doing then? I, I think I just need to know as a fan. I need to know it, wrestling shouldn't be too complicated. I need to know what they're doing and why. Uh, they got the Chris Statlander thing happening now, but what happens when they take care of her? Because she's I don't see her winning the title right away. Who are they gonna? Are, are they gonna put Kong in, in in the title contention, or are they gonna pick a champion? Or is uh, Bash at the Beach? I think this is something we mentioned. This is gonna be Mel's first match. Is she gonna be awesome? Because if she's awesome, people are gonna get behind her just like they did Chris Statlander. So Bash at the Beach is kind of what I'm waiting for. If she comes out and is so-so, it'll be whatever. It's not the end of the world. If she comes out and is awesome, though, and she's their champion that they choose to push, or she becomes, like, in the, in the title contention, that's something. Like, we got to, as, as much as I'm having a problem with the why, and I'm, I am frustrated with the timeline, how long it's taking, I have to wait until Bash at the Beach before I, I make any decision, if I even do make a determination, because I probably will still give them more time. I'm going to give her... I'm gonna give Brandy as many chances as Matt Hardy got. I'm I'm not even joking about that. He had when he went to TNA, he was kind of doing a bunch of dumb stuff until he found broken Matt Hardy. I'll give her like a ton of chances. Hey, but but you know, you know what? You're in a very from what I've observed, and Rich Latta talks about this on One Nation Radio. You are in a very minority. It seems like people want to hate Brandy Rhodes if she's not in the role that they want her to be in. The only role that it seems like most people want her to be in is Cody's valet. That's the only thing they think she's good enough for. Because anytime she wrestles, cuts a promo on her own, or tries to do anything on their own, the internet pretty much goes crappy. And it's like, you know, it's the whole idea of you don't deserve your role. You know, that, that, that imaginary thing that people in this world only get what they deserve. You know what I mean? Brandy has worked very, very hard. She's been in the wrestling business a long time. Now, same people, because her name, now she carries the name of Rose, that seems to put a target on her back when she does anything not involving Cody. Like, when they made her chief brand officer, even though that went along with her degree. People went shitty because of that. When they announced that she was going to wrestle a match, people went shitty because of that. When she did the Nightmare Collective, that was the hell with a backlash. It's just like people have this unfortunate disdain for Brandy. Me and you and Tiffany, one of our other co-hosts, and of course Amy also, because Amy's the most positive person in the universe, uh, mm. she, uh, we all are like, okay, we'll give Brandy a chance because she wasn't really an on-screen character in the WWE. I mean, no. honestly, her actual wrestling performing career is very, very short. So finding mm -hmm. a role that she's comfortable in, because obviously she can talk, obviously she can perform, but finding a role that she's comfortable in outside of being Cody's valet may take two or three, two, three, maybe five chances. It pretty much think of how many, how many uh, different characters the Undertaker went through before he became the Undertaker. Think of uh, to a lesser extent Kane, uh, then Diesel, Kevin Nash. 
they all had like nine different characters before they finally landed on the character that ended up making them famous or the role that made them famous. And it's like Brandy's kind of going through her thing right now. But people, unfortunately, she's going through it on national TV. And we live in a world where everyone believes that their opinion is the best opinion. So everyone's spraying it out there. And a lot well, of them. Well, are they're wrong. wrong. They're they, wrong because their opinion's not mine. Mine's the most important, obviously. <laughs> exactly. You know, that's how it works. All right. Well, that was that women's segment. If you didn't catch it, Rio did pin Chris Statlander to give her not I think that was her second loss in uh AEW. Uh, and yeah, people were not happy with it, but we're going to cover some other stuff cuz I feel like we could have done the whole show about the AEW women's division and that segment if we wanted to. But I can but there's more to talk about. <laughs> so <laughs> so uh this was being Elite 185. I, I mean, I'm just going to run through it real quick. Uh the, it started with uh a special appearance by Superhuman, who was uh, standing uh, on a table, and um, he said something. I honestly don't remember. And Cass come up and did the do you give me? Mm-hmm. And then Superhuman said, fuck this. This is for the Juggalos and the Juggalettes, and jumped through a table. And then sold it, which was weird, because, yeah, I don't know why. I don't know why that happened, but hey, he was a guest on uh, being the elite superhuman, huh? Who knew? I I wish I could take tell eighteen year old Floyd if I just made videos of myself jumping through shit that I'd be famous. Yeah, you'd have to hurt yourself. Is it worth it, dude? Back when I was young, I had a pretty high tolerance of pain. Now that I'm thirty eight, I have zero tolerance for pain. Yeah, because yeah. I sit her behind the desk and answer questions all day, so my tolerance for pain went out. He's also a juggalo, too. Yes, which, I I mean, I know they're fans of ICP, and I know they're a rowdy bunch, but, and I've heard things like that, but I really don't know what a juggalo is. I know. They're just, you know, fans of ICP, and they wear the makeup, and they go to the gathering. I mean, it's just funny to watch a juggalo hurt themselves, though. Yes. You'd have to be a juggalo and hurt yourself. <laughs> I, I had a, a confession. I had an ICP album when I was in high school. Nice. Yeah, I was, uh, wasn't necessarily a fan, but uh, they were on wrestling, and I pretty much listened to anything wrestling-related. Uh, so then we got highlights from the AEW New Year's Eve party. One thing I did notice in this was Mox was just kind of in the back, like he did, like away from everybody, not talking to everybody. I thought that was interesting. Uh, we, uh then we got Jack Evans challenging the kicker, Josh Lambeau from the Jacksonville Jaguars, saying that they could replace him and they could do everything better than him. Uh, and Helico then kicks like a 40-yard field goal, and then Jack Evans does a bunch of flips. I did not understand the point of this. But I guess they just wanted to get you know, Jacksonville or, over. Then you saw Orange Cassidy uh, kick a blue tackling dummy and then get knocked down by it, which is hilarious. We got outtake, outtakes from Jen Devaker and Jurassic Express doing an interview. Uh Leva Bates, uh, Leva Bates segment where again one of those things, it'll probably make sense later or it might have just been thrown in there. She still jacks Jack Evans pie and then gives him pickles. 
she still Marco uh, stunts Nintendo Switch and gives him a book. Marco says, but I can't read. I love that. They, they always have like a joke where someone can't read. <laughs> it was then, uh, Mike yeah, or Avalon couldn't read for a little bit there. Yes. And then uh, she's sitting down, got the pie, got the, uh, got the pie, got the switch. And it looks like she stole Hangman's drink. <laughs> I didn't see that. Yeah, That's funny. she has uh, she had a, a uh, the cut glass that looked just like Hangman's, and nice. she did not like what was in it. Then we get the Kip and Penelope going at Omega and Rio. It looks like it's setting up an intergender match eventually. So maybe we mm-hmm. get that on Dark and not on Dynamite. I know Tony was really against it. So if they pull it off and let and he lets them do it, that'd be interesting. I hope they don't go the WWE mixed tag route where the men can't hit women because otherwise just don't have the match. That's Well, I, I want to go a step further. I want them to do that, but then the women can't hit the men. <laughs> yes. Because then it's fair, and then it's kind of like you can you can have like you can build storylines around that where like the woman hits like Kenny Omega, not even a low blow, but they they hit him or trip him when the rest not looking. You can have a lot of you can build around that. Like you you have a, a I don't like it when it's double sided like that, but if you have it so neither gender can hit the other gender, you can build around that pretty well, and that could be you could have a, a good story there too. Yeah, I don't like mixed tag. The whole idea of to me, because at that point, it's just singles wrestling. Because to me, mm. it, Kenny Omega's better than Kip Sabian. I would yes. never, I would just never, I would just never tag in Rio. <laughs> True, I can see that. <laughs> like, he's better than her. Why, why would you tag? You know, it's like, uh, that makes no sense. It was back, I, I, the one that got me is when WWE did a mixed match challenge and Asuka couldn't lose. I was like, Miz, why would you ever tag in? <laughs> just let Asuka destroy the person. Well, you can make it so as soon as, like, let's say uh, Kip's losing and he pen- he tags in Penelope, Penelope, then Kenny has to switch. Yeah, you can do something true. like that. Yeah, that's what I like. I just don't like it. Uh, I don't like intergender wrestling. I just, you know, I'm really weird and uh, okay boomerish of me. I just like when men wrestle men. And women wrestle women. It's so weird. I know. I know. I'm out of touch. No, you're fine. Yeah, no, no. I tell people that all the time, how out of touch I am, because I just don't like it. <laughs> uh, private party is concerned about Hangman's drinking. They're also kind of pissed that he said they'd kick his ass. He apologized mm. for saying he would kick their ass, even though he would kick their ass and he could kick their ass. He was just joking. And they said... <laughs> Okay, okay, we get it now, but you were acting like an asshole. And it looked like Hangman didn't like being called an asshole. And then they left and reminded him that it's $12 for the drink. Let me ask, Greg, do you drink? I don't anymore. I gave up drinking about two years ago. But I'll tell you what, man, I love Hangman and uh, private party segments. They're so funny to me, like especially when he starts square dancing and singing their song. I think it's hilarious. Yeah. I, I kind of hope this gimmick, this whole story, I kind of don't want it to end. And I feel like it's going to start ending soon. And it's sad because it's been hilarious to me. I like this Hangman story a lot. He's, he's got a lot of character in this. Back when you were drinking, did you pay $12 for a drink? Yes. Yes. Yes, you did. I have yes. done it once. 
And that was because I didn't know the drink was twelve dollars. I, I, I would get like like uh, Jaeger bombs and stuff like that, and that usually adds up. Yeah, I, I, I order a Long Island iced tea, my sipping drink of choice, and mm. I was at a place that drinks were a little expensive, and it was twelve dollars. I had one Oof. drink. I had one drink that night. When they said twelve dollars, <laughs> I was like, "Yep, there you go. I'm gonna sip on this all night." Yeah. Hopefully it was strong. Yes, it was very, 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 very strong. I am, but go. I do, I do, not, I can't drink a lot of liquor. I'm not, I don't have, I can't really hang with everybody because I don't drink a lot. Um, not just twelve dollars. Yeah, twelve dollars. Yeah, like I can buy me a whole case of Angry Orchard <laughs> for. To, I love Angry Orchard. That's my shit. I drink it a lot. <laughs> I don't it's even good. consider it alcohol, even though it is. Yeah, it's just juice with alcohol, or like <laughs> cider with alcohol. So someone is trying to leave the Dark Order, and a mask is left on their porch. They pick it up and shut the door. They are reminded once you they're you're in, there is no out. And that was the it for B B T E this week. Uh, it was a, it was an episode. I don't think it was particularly good. I don't think it was bad. Just it was an episode. You know, some sometimes when you got a weekly show, sometimes you just have shows that are just shows. I don't know. I thought I enjoyed first segment was great. I love Hangman and Private Party. Leva Bates was just there, uh, but it wasn't terrible. I mean, anytime someone's like, "I can't read for some reason," it 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 tickles me and I laugh. Uh, so that's stupid, but I loved it. Um, try what was the other segment? Um, Oh, Orange Cassidy being jealous of the of the stationary uh, tackling uh, pylon. <laughs> yes, just he's just jealous. It was more cool than he was, or more calm and stoic. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it shows no emotion. Got a little jealous. All right, and then uh, that was it for that. Now we had AEW Dark. AEW Dark review is going to be really quick because there was only two matches and one was a squash match. So mm. Awesome Kong beat Skylar Moore. Uh, Skylar Moore looked really good. She, uh, What you noticed about uh, what you notice about uh, the people when they're doing these segments like that, sometimes they'll bring you on Dark and have you lose and then in a few weeks you're signed with the company. And Skylar yep. Moore, uh, as recently as last year, had a, a trial with the WWE, and she was on the list of people that they wanted to, uh, you know, people that they were looking at uh, signing. So, I mean, she's got matches on YouTube that y'all can uh, check out. Her Twitter is at Real Skylar Moore. I looked her up. I, I really, I thought she, I thought she so promised there, and of course. And in a division that needs an infusion of talent, I did not, you know, like they've added a lot of talent. I think they do need to showcase some more people like Shauna and Big Swole. And I just think, you know, they need to be out there a little bit more. Uh, so uh, just you can follow her at Real Skylar Moore. But Kong beat her really quick with uh, her finisher. I forget, I forget what it's called, but she landed her on her face and pinned her. Then it's the uh, implant buster. Implant buster, yes. They called it something else when she was in Impact, but I don't remember what it was called. 
And mm. then, um, so, but yeah, like I said, Moore looked, to me, she looked impressive. What, did you remember her performance at all? I thought it was good. I mean, it was a squash, like you said. Um, she didn't look uncomfortable. She didn't look like she was moving underwater like some people do. Yeah, they, um, they let her get some offense in, which was pretty cool. She did good. I mean, I would be, I would be for her being added to the division. She, she's she's had a good match so far, um, and other people have gotten more chances. They could use some more people, even if they're just being squashed. But yeah. she would be good. Yeah, if she was on like a dark with Britt Baker and put on like a ten to twelve minute match, I'd like to see more of her. But I, I like to say I saw enough that I want to see more. You know, so that that's the best I could say about that one. Mm-hmm. Then SCU BTH two in a six man tag. Uh, SCU remains undefeated as a trio. Uh, Jack Evans takes the SCU later. I thought this was. I thought this was an above-average trios match. Again, I am not. I am one of those people that you really have to impress on a six-man tag because there's no six-man tag titles. So I always wonder why six-man tags happen. So, yeah, this was very, it was very entertaining. Like, SEU and being undefeated as a trio. If there's no trios titles, what does that mean? Hmm. I think it's just a way to kind of like how New Japan has their multi-man matches. Um, I, I think they're just doing like a New Japan thing where they they need to get people momentum. So instead of putting them in a one-on-one or a tag match, they give them a, a faction match. Because um, yeah. we're going to talk about the match from uh, Jurassic Express uh, versus the best friends uh, coming up. So uh, they have good factions. So I'm I'm for it. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, it was like, I know there's a lot of people out there that aren't really in the six-man tags, and I thought this was an entertaining one. And, it, yeah. it, you know, SCU won decisively. With them being the tag team champions, they should win decisively. So yes. that was that was good. Uh, that was AEW Dark. Now we're going to go to Dynamite. And I'm just going to clarify, we're going to skip over the women's section because we have already talked about Oh, man. We already talked about it in 40 <laughs> minutes. I'm just saying. I just wanted to prepare you as we go through this review. When we skip over the women's section, I feel like we've said everything we could really say about that. Uh, so it starts with uh, Dave Brown from Memphis Pro Wrestling Broadcasting Legend. He was on uh, He was on the announce for the first match, which was a tag team match between Kenny Omega and a Hangman Page versus his best friends, the Private Party, in the opening contest. This match was fun. What did you think, sir? I loved it. This was an awesome match. Private Party, I think uh, this is going to be controversial, but I know the Young Bucks match between them and the tournament uh, gave them a lot of momentum, but I think this might have given them more momentum because uh, even though they uh, they really gave it to Kenny and Hangman, which is, I think, says a lot. All right. So we did have a little bit of connection issue. It might be picked up. It might not. But he said even though they lost, they uh, felt like he gained a lot from facing Hangman and Kenny. I actually saw reports online that some people didn't like this match. I thought it was a very entertaining match. I think opening tag team matches in AEW are, like, the best thing ever to me. I think they 
they hit the as far as the momentum it gets the momentum they also this was kind of a story match too because they were talking about uh showing that kenny omega and hangman weren't on the same page so we had a couple near misses where they almost hit each other mm-hmm. and, and then in the end they got it together and they hit a, a v trigger buckshot combo on mr isaiah cassidy yes and then uh kenny it's awesome omega, Kenny Omega hit the V trigger for them to get the win. Uh, I, I thought that was a pretty good combo. I, I did not see it coming, and it was just like I was like, "Oh, that was really cool." I, I don't know how you could watch that match and not like it. I'm pretty open. I try to be open minded, but anyone that didn't like that match, I don't understand. It was awesome. You no, know, some people just don't like wrestling anymore. You know, I always, <laughs> always say that sometimes it's just like, like. I'll I'll listen to someone and they'll be breaking down wrestling, and I'm like, my only answer is that's pro wrestling. You know what yeah. I mean? It's just like that's always been pro wrestling. And if that's the kind of kind of questions you're asking, maybe you don't like pro wrestling because that's been. Were they making any like real points, or were they all just you know? Like, why didn't he just do this? Why didn't they do that? And I'm like, because it's pro wrestling. They don't do. That. Oh, I hate that. <laughs> I. I went to uh, you, I went to the NXT where Authors of Pain fought uh, uh, Undisputed Era the first time. Roddy and uh, and uh, uh, O'Reilly, O'Reilly, and I was sitting behind a guy or no a guy was a guy was behind me and he just complained about every single thing a wrestler did like during the Aleister Black versus uh, Adam Cole match I think it was. He, he was just like, oh, why did he kick that chair? What's he doing? Why did he move that thing? And it's like every little thing this guy was complaining about. And there are fans of everything that do that. And you just listen to them. You're like, dude, like, you don't know what you're talking about. You're just, you just want to complain. Like, yeah. Yeah. Leave. Yeah. Uh, earlier when we were talking about the women's match, I'm like, when they were talking about them not getting a finish, and I'm like, that's just pro wrestling. I'm like, that's American pro wrestling. Very rarely, very rarely in pro wrestling do you get a clean finish. It's hard. I mean, you don't always need a clean finish. It's just some people, like if you're, if you're complaining about the private party, Hangman and, and Kenny match, I don't know what you wanted different to happen because the right, like they didn't have private party beat them, so you can't complain like, oh, you know, they're, they're jobbing Kenny or Hangman or they're giving them a push too soon. You can't say like, oh, they're burying private party. Private party gave it to them. You know, and they lost to like, what was it, a one-wing angel? You don't kick out of that. Yep. You know? There's, there's, n- I, I don't see any constructive or legitimate criticism you can have about that match. Yes, uh, um, Dave. When I was listening to Dave Meltzer, he just like it was a match, and he said Private Party looked green, and I was like, I would no. tell Dave this: the worst thing you can do, and I've learned this as a wrestling fan a long time ago, is watch a New Japan show and then mm-hmm. watch other wrestling. <laughs> it's going to make you think the other wrestling is shit, especially if it's a new jam hand pay-per-view. That's what they entering performances is what they do. Everything else is going to, it's like, seriously, it's like going to a, a four star restaurant. It's like going to a four star restaurant and then going to Chili's, you know, Chili's is fine. Yeah. I, I don't see how they're agreeing. At all. Yeah, <laughs> like like Jilly's is fine, but once you have a four star restaurant, it makes it look weird. 
So Brandy yeah. joins commentary for the Chris Statlander match. We already went over that. Uh, but mm. oh no, I did skip a part. The TV, uh, TV crew brought us back. Uh, we had uh, the bastard Pac, and he had Michael Nakazawa in the Brutalizer. So which was wrong? Yes, and he had him. <laughs> it, it looked like it looked like it was continuing from that week where he just shut the door. Because you never yeah. saw what happened after he shut the door. And now no, the door's didn't. open, and he has Michael Nakazawa and the brutalizer. Kenny runs back to defend him. Hangman didn't, which I thought was a great a great little point. It's Hangman just, like, didn't follow Kenny back there, went and had a beer with his fans. It's like it drives home the fact that Hangman has said, I am not – a part of the elite anymore. I made it clear, and they're not accepting it. <laughs> so can I can I ask a question? I don't want to uh, segue too much, but you know how uh, I think it was last week where they all got in the ring and they were trying to get him to go into the ring. Uh-huh. He's been clear that he doesn't want to be in the elite. Like at some point, aren't they being jerks? Like if you if you're hanging out with your friends and you have one friend that's like, hey, I want to go do this other hobby. And they're doing it, and you're kind of like, "Hey, come do this thing with me." And he says, "Hey, I told you on Saturdays I do this other thing." You know, he's there. He I, he's probably going to be the heel, but yeah. it's kind of like, is he really being a bad guy? He just kind of wants to do his own thing. Yeah, the, the I think that's why it's like Hangman is short of turning heel. He hasn't turned heel, but when he turns heel, he's going to say it's because they forced him to turn heel. Yes, he's like, I tried to gradually walk away. You wouldn't let me. <laughs> so I had to definitively walk away. Which He's going to be a good heel when he turns. I, I'm going to call it now. I think it's going to be awesome. I am looking forward to it. I am looking forward to what he does. He's going to fe- uh, feud with Kenny. And I'm like, hey, is Kenny going to beat him? Or is they're going to use that to try to get Hangman even more over? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, we then get uh, so after uh, during the women's confrontation uh, when uh, they're uh, they attacked Chris and they attacked Chris and uh, what is it Rio and then Big Swole, Sunny Kiss and Sheeta came out to the aid of Statlander who was being insulted. Uh, Britt Baker, who was ringside, who was ringside next, sitting next to Sheeta, didn't move from her seat. So it's funny. I do. I see this a lot with uh, the company. They do a lot of similar storylines, like what Britt Baker and Hangman are going through are really, really similar. So it's just like, I, it's something they need to watch out for. Maybe it's similar, but it's such a basic story, and it's such an understandable story. Like, it you know, is. it happening to multiple people. It's, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm okay with that. It is, but I'd would, I would like if they wanted to have someone that's not part of, you know, a wrestler or whatever that's not part of the actual booking committee to actually mm-hmm. like look at the script and say these two are similar. Maybe switch it up a little bit more. That kind of thing. <laughs> Yeah, that, I mean that wouldn't hurt. It would it would have helped NWA a little bit. Yeah, uh, to re-edit and have more than one person going over it. So I would recommend that for every yeah <laughs> every company. I, hey, you know, you know, just 
just a general idea. I, I just I mean I, again I'm a football fan and on offensive and defensive sides of the ball they have these things called analysts, offensive analysts and defensive analysts. And basically their job is to break down their own team and tell mm-hmm. them like different type of things they're doing to let the other team know that they're uh, what kind of plays they're running or whatever. So it's just like you know, having that for a wrestling company would be cool. Somebody that kind of goes through the script or the story or whatever and be like, you know, this is wrong or this is really similar to that one or why are they doing this? You know, ask the stupid questions, you know. Uh, I think you're right. Zach Myers of the band Shine Down was sitting in the crowd. I Apparently he's famous. Eh, I've never heard. I, mean, heard I, think, I think I've heard of band Shine Down. I couldn't have picked Zach Myers out of stand uh, out of a lineup if he was standing behind me at a K, uh, at a McDonald's. I wouldn't know who he was. I'm like, all right. So, <laughs> uh, the Sammy Guevara Boomer Beatdown Tour continues. That's the title that I gave it as he was wrestling Christopher Daniels. Even though Christopher Daniels is probably not a boomer, I know he's fifty, but I don't. I mean, all damn near fifty. I don't know if he's. I don't know if that's Boomer. I'm not really familiar with everything like that, but yes, they um they had a match. Um, what did you think of the match, sir? Before we talk about the ending of it, I can't even remember it. Yeah, it, okay. it, it was a very unmemorable match. It was just kind of a match. Uh, some people, uh, like I say, I do read reviews of other shows just so I can have some, you know, talking points. I did see a lot of people say they didn't look as smooth as you would expect Christopher Daniels to look against someone around his size. You know, people that he's been wrestling like that have looked like that his whole career. I think Christopher Daniels, I think that's a part of the story. And I think Christopher Daniels is, uh... I think Christopher Daniels is uh, very talented and I think he's telling an additional story that he is not confident in his wrestling skills. So I think everything people were seeing was done on purpose. It's possible. I mean, he is really banged up. You can tell by the way he moves and he's been around for like a while. So he's, I mean, if he, he has miles on his body. So, and even with those miles, he can wrestle still. I've never been in what you would call shape. But I've also mm-hmm. never thrown my body against the ground for other people's entertainment for 20 years. <laughs> I am 38, and it hurts me to get up. I can imagine a 49-year-old who throws his body against the ground for entertainment, how his body mm-hmm. feels moving around. Yeah, and he has that broken neck, too. So, yeah. like, yeah. Uh, he, he's – if you – that you're right, they are telling a story, and I think they're playing around how he can currently move now. He could still go, but I, I think it's kind of a smart thing to do, like to kind of be like, okay, I'm having a little trouble moving. I made a botch. Let's and and they had the oh the Lucha Bros came out right. Yeah, that's the, what I was about to out. go. To, I was about to go to the ending. Uh, Daniels planted Sammy with the STO, but Pentagon standing at the interest, inter, uh, entrance ramp saying, "Hey, amigo, show me if you can." Basically referring to either uh, the the best moonsault ever. Or the other moonsault that he does off springboard, the springboard moonsault. Uh, Daniels was distracted. Sammy connected with a shot to the back of Daniels' head for the victory. 
Excalibur said the crisis of conscience continues to affect the fallen uh, fallen uh, angel Christopher Daniels. Sammy needs, I don't know what his finisher is. Maybe it's the 450 or the shooting star or whatever. I really believe that he should have done whatever his finisher is to Christopher Daniels because him just getting kicked in the back of the head and getting pinned looked really, really weak. Yeah, I don't even remember that. I don't know if you – the last match he had before this, he did a uh, a burning hammer into a go-to-sleep, yeah. and it looked amazing. That should be his finisher. It's That's, like the coolest thing I've ever seen. Yeah, I am just saying, whatever his finisher is, he should have done it. Because yeah, I don't it, know what it is. Yeah, so it just – it looked really weak. Then we had the uh, Dark Order come down the ring. Evil Uno had a microphone and admonished the crowd. And he tells him to boo all he wants, but the AEW faithful are the same ones who's saying you lost the step. He basically offers Christopher Daniels a spot. Christopher Daniels looks like he is going to accept. And then he throws the uh, throws the mask at them. And then, of course, the Dark Order start beating him up. Uh, Frankie, Scorpio, and Young Bucks all run down to rescue. Scorpio does this amazing dive where he jumps over the top ropes onto all of the all of the Dark Order, and then um, one of the Beaver Boys got a double super kick. I don't remember which one. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. They're the Beaver Beaver Boys until they give me a reason to differentiate between them. then the next match was, of course, my match of the night. The Lucha Bros, one of my favorite tag teams, versus the American Nightmare Dustin, uh, the American Nightmare Cody. Oh, wow, that's funny. On the review, they have the American Nightmare Dustin Rhodes and Cody. So Yeah, he can't use his last name still. Yeah, so I'm just saying they had it backwards. They had oh, Dustin yeah, yeah. called the American Nightmare. Well, it's the other way around. So Cody and Dustin with Arn Anderson. I like how they're doing the subtle ways that Arn Anderson is getting involved. Like he of course is whispering through the match and everything, but the big thing is Pentagon tries to bring in a chair and Arn Anderson just knocks it out of his hand. I thought that was really subtle a uh, way mm-hmm. of him being a, a face manager. Did you like did you have any thoughts on that? Just waiting for Arn to turn on him. <laughs> I, I you know, that was the whole thing with MJF and my thing is they talk about slow burn Arn Anderson should not train on him in 2020 probably not no. no like not this year it's everybody's waiting on it so you don't give it to us in 2020 uh, I, do, I do another podcast with my friend Ryan and one of my wishes for this year is actually for Cody to turn heel and start his own version of the horseman but that is um. That has been my – pretty much since he has existed, and I found out, you know, a lot of his character is cosplay and, like, not necessarily cosplay, but, you know, you think of, you know, Dusty would be his favorite, and he would do a lot of homage to Dustin. Dusty, but, you know, he's a big Ric Flair fan. He's a big Ric Flair guy. So I would love for him to do – I don't know what they would call them, but I would love for him to do his own version of the Horseman. Who would you want in this faction? Um – yeah, that's always been fairly easy for me. I would like um who did I want in the enforcer role? I forgot who I wanted to enforce a role. I'm like my brain I'm I'm drawing blanks right now. 
at the time, I wanted like Hangman as an enforcer role, mm-hmm. but I would love for them to bring in somebody bigger, if possible. But uh, the revival as the tag team. Oh, that's the only way to do it to me. Oh, uh, you would like like a Drew McIntyre as the enforcer, dude? Guy? Oh my god, yes. Drew McIntyre is one of, to me, Drew McIntyre is how everybody felt about Cesaro like two years ago. Like, why isn't he like the lead guy in WWE? That's how I feel yeah. about Drew McIntyre. I don't see. He's him. just huge. He's huge. He looks exactly like Vince wants him to. He is very attractive. I have no problem saying that. And he has that accent. <laughs> yeah, he has that badass uh, Irish accent. Oh, my God. He looks like he could beat anybody up. You know, yes. he looks like he could come up and take your girlfriend. I, I mean, Drew McIntyre, I would push him to the moon. His Claymore kick is, like, too devastating. Like, if he, like for me, it's hard for me to, like, not think of that in wrestling because if you got hit with that, I think you'd die. Yeah, uh, I was uh, on Monday. Uh, I was at Raw. Mm-hmm. And I found out Drew McIntyre is a face in Oklahoma. Oh. <laughs> okay. You know, like, he's beating the crap out of whole way, no way, Jose. And he is getting cheered the whole time. It, it was hilarious. They're not pushing him. Yes. Like that, he should be like champ probably. Yeah, you know, but we'll we'll go there. But I think Cody should have his own horseman. Uh, I I would just love for him to have somebody with the enforcer role, especially like someone. I would like the enforcer role to kind of go to somebody that maybe they bring in, maybe that Anthony Agogo guy. I would Ooh, like Lance him. Archer. Lance Archer would work. Just somebody that. You know he could you know use in that position really well. I I just think it would be cool. I've, I mean that's just this is me Cody cosplaying me uh, fantasy booking Cody right now. So there you go. He might be too over though. He's like one of their most over baby faces. Oh God, he ha- he would have to turn on the elite. It would have to be like a four man match with the elite <laughs> and Kenny Omega and him, and he would have to turn on them to get him to boogle. Yeah, he would have to cost Kenny like a big match because it would have to be something devastating for yeah. for people in, in AEW's fan base. Because when I was when we went there live, man, people were like, they were behind him. Like he's so he's more over than I would have expected, even yeah. though he deserves it. It's just you know, maybe a ladder match. Well, if the revival or FTR eventually comes to AEW, maybe him, them, and the Bucks are having a ladder match. And at this point, the Bucks aren't the champions yet, and it's for the title. Mm-hmm. And Cody comes down there and pushes Matt and Nick off the ladder and let the revival in. Perfect heel turn. Okay. Yeah, but in this match, which a lot of people loved, I did too, because unlike I remember with the Bucks, they tried to tell the story of each trying to work each other's style. They did this in this match, and but they did it from the very beginning. The Rhodes were trying to wrestle Pentagon and Phoenix's style, and then halfway through the match, they slowed the match down. And in a shocking turn of events, the Brotherhood beat the Lucha Bros. It was. It was such a good match, too, though. Like they, uh, Cody came out the bat. Uh, it was just back-to-back action. Uh, it, it, the whole thing was great. I was. I'm always a little worried about uh, Dustin, just because he is getting up there in age, and you know he. Kind of, I like the segments where he has to tell the other guy to slow down. He has to take like a timeout, 
to catch his breath. But like I, I was a little worried that you know he might not be able to keep up with the Lucha Bros. But man, I, I love the Lucha Bros because I was a big Lucha Underground fan. So I love seeing Phoenix Pentagon's like one of my top three wrestlers of of right now. Him, Kenny, and uh, Okada, and it's it was such a great match. It was uh, I, I, there's nothing negative I have to say about it at all. I agree with that. Uh, there is really nothing negative to say about this. Uh, I don't think there was anything negative to say about this tag team match. Uh, like I said, Dustin and Cody as the Brotherhood getting the win uh, was a little shocking to me. But I think they're really trying to get over the fact that Arn Anderson's in Cody's corner and that he's mm-hmm. almost unbeatable with him in his corner. Mm-hmm. Uh, we didn't get Shivani in the ring with Cody, Dustin, and Arn. Uh, Shivani asked him a question, what do you say to all the challenges MJF put in front of you? Arn Anderson pulled away the mic for Shivani and interrupted and he said, I don't know who died and made MGF God, and I don't know about that. But one thing I know for sure, we're going to talk about this next week, and we'll get back to you. So mm-hmm. our friend Tiffany said, Cody's such a good promo. She does not like anybody talking for Cody. I would. He doesn't need it. He, he doesn't need it. You don't, yeah. Uh, see, the thing is, Arn Anderson's my favorite wrestler of all time. He's actually one mm. of my favorite promos of all time also. So I do, I do think it enhances his character because the big thing, the reason I think it enhances his character is because Cody, even on the internet, is emotional and he acts before he thinks. Mm-hmm. Arn Anderson is the person there to stop him from doing that. Like Cody would have probably got on the mic and said, hey, you're on. I accept but Arn Anderson is the one that's going to pull back and say, hey, you got a little leverage here. He may need you more than you need him. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I I, that all adds up. Yeah, so I don't know. It is just his it, the spontaneous character of Cody gets balanced out by Arn. Uh, I we, have no problem with the pairing at all. I think it's fine. It's yeah, good. I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll, I, I'll wait it out. Yeah, but everybody's just waiting for that turn. And it's just like, don't, yes. don't, give it, <laughs> don't give it to him. Don't give it to him. Alex Marvez was backstage with Memphis Memphis legend Lanny Poffo, apparently. Uh, Dynamite is the word. Uh, next week, basically they were letting you know next uh, week or Tuesday on Dark, there's going to be uh, a tribute to the Memphis legends. And apparently from the people that were in the crowd, it was a pretty cool uh, pretty cool um, display for the legends. We then get back in, uh, we go back to the ring. MJ Elves was with Warlow and had a live microphone. Now, I'm going to say, even in wrestling, this doesn't make sense. He basically gave Cody to the count of 10 to come out and face him like a man. The announcer says Cody's not in the building. Cody was just in the ring. Oh, they they also said that he he they, that that was one of the things they said. They're like, oh, I think he might he might even be back in there icing up, or they said a few things that Cody might be besides ready to come out. <laughs> I was just like, uh, maybe they should have done this segment now. Maybe this segment should have happened after the 
the six man match, but before the main event. But then there yeah. would have been two talking segments in a row. I get them. They were in kind of a sticky situation. There wasn't really a good spot for this segment. But right after Cody came out, I would have had rather had it where, you know, MJF says to the count of 10. And, and again, this is the benefit of hindsight being 2020. But MJF say come out to the town of 10. You get a video of Cody in the back trying to come out and aren't stopping him. And that's it. Yeah, that would have been good. I, 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 I'll tell you, man. This, this whole, this actually, this segment, I love. So I, I, I wasn't even thinking critically about it. But yeah, that would have added to what you were saying about Arn being the, uh, the rational part, the yes. rational element that Cody's missing. Yeah, even if they bring it up next week and they say, yeah, Cody tried to come out, Arn stopped him, whatever. And they can do that. Yeah, they could, they could, you know. But, um, I, I, you know, the thing is, I am on live chat. And I'm in the AEW Discord, and I'm on Twitter. So I see a lot of both sides. There's no choice. So I see a lot of the complaints, why the good stuff is going on. So I do address them a lot on this show. Gotcha. Uh, Yeah. um, So DDP comes out. Uh, MJF gives a count of 10. DDP comes out. Uh, MJF basically tells him that uh, the only way – no, the Butcher and the Blade come out and mm-hmm. with DDP, and he told him the only way he's basically getting out this ring without being harmed is kissing the ring. Mm-hmm. Uh, D- uh, Diamond Dallas Page goes on to say people have asked him was he's coming back for one more match, and it, he was, uh, you know, he's excited. He then puts over everything, DDP, yoga, Instagram, Twitter, because DDP is great. Um, mm-hmm. So after they, uh, after they uh, give him the options, MJF basically said he's going to send him to hospice and then he's going to bang his one of his daughters. Yes, <laughs> he so said it's going to end with a and he let the crowd do it. Yes, he said he's going to take his diamond daughters into the room and there's only one way it's going to end. It's going to end with a bang. He <laughs> hears enough. He his, he dishes out. And this is me being critical. Some of the slowest diamond cutters I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. yeah you know, and it's just like he's a 60-year-old man. Don't get me wrong. But it's just like, you know, you know, when you want to do the uh, whole idea of this is wrestling type thing, why, when he's diamond cuttering the other guys, do the other guys wait for him to diamond cut him? You know, it's wrestling. You don't ask those questions. You just let them happen. It's it's like in an action movie where there's ten on one and they all fight the guy one at a time. It's like, why didn't you all just rush him? You know, it's the kind of question. Don't ask those questions. He dished out the diamond cutters. He did all the he dealt all the famous reversals that I loved. You know, the one where he tries to get slammed and then reverses it. That was the one thing I loved about the diamond cutter. Not I loved many things, I say, but one of the things I especially loved about it is that it did come out of anywhere. And you had to pay attention to all of Diamond Dallas Page's matches. You had to pay attention to the whole match because he could reverse the diamond cutter out of anywhere. I wish other wrestlers would do something like that now these days because, you know, when you get to 15 – you know, matches that you know are going to be 30 minutes, you don't pay your attention to the first 15 minutes because, you know, oh, it's kind of just going to end when it ends. But Diamond Dallas Page, it wasn't like that. <laughs> you know, 
you could be six and a half minutes into a championship match. He catches the cutter and it's over. Uh, but in the Cody's end, starting to use a, a cutter too, huh? Cody's starting to use a cutter too. Yeah, he's using that Will Osprey top rope cutter. He was That's doing awesome. The second rope one, and then they call him it the Cody cutter. Bang! And so uh, he hits DDP with a low blow. MJF looked in Cameron. Cody, what's about about to him happen to your mentor? That's on you. Before anything could happen, QT Marshall and Dustin. Ran out to the stop to uh, top to attack uh, DDP before he was permanently injured. Uh, okay, then we get the six man tag Jurassic uh, Express, Luchasaurus, Jungle Boy, and the hometown boy, Marco Stunt. Apparently, he was from 20 miles away from South Haven, Mississippi. Versus the best friends, Chuck Taylor, Trent, and Orange Cassidy. I did not know Mark Garko Stunt was from this area because I was really wondering why this match was happening. I was like, they don't really have a beef or anything, so I was just wondering why it was happening. It was a way to get Mark on TV, which I have no problem with. I think you should definitely play to the home crowd. Uh, yeah, uh, I thought this was super entertaining. I thought people just say it was just a match. I thought it was super fun. I rewatched it this morning because I liked it so much. Yeah. It was a great match. Yeah, uh, Marco is one of those people. He's really, really small. <laughs> so it either bothers you or it doesn't. You know. Uh, well, you're always going to have a Spike Dudley. Yeah. No. No. Always a role for that. No, he makes Spike Dudley look like six seven. <laughs> True. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're always going to have a guy that's like the shortest and like kind of like, you know, the guy you're going to uh, – who is uh, Zach Gowan, the guy with one leg? Like, there's always a role. They, they have the guy with no legs yeah. in their uh, gimmick. Like, you, have a, you have a purpose for those guys. They, and, they serve a role. And Hornswoggle played a role in the WWE forever. Um, I don't – like I said, it, in the six-man category, a six-man situation – where he's getting a bunch of high spots, Marco Stunt does not bother me at all. Yeah. I think if yeah. he's ever in a one-on-one match, he should just get beat up. You know, yes. that kind of thing. But in a six-man where he just makes the hot tag, does a bunch of high spots, I do, it doesn't bother me. Uh, he did a, a, a cool Canadian Destroyer. Uh, I've heard complaints online, again, that uh, there's too many Canadian destroyers in AEW. And to that point, old man Floyd says, I completely agree. Yeah, when, me I, too. when I first saw the Canadian destroyer, I thought it was the coolest move ever, and I thought no one should ever get up from it. It is literally thrown around like an arm drag. I agree on I completely agree on that. Like if, there are certain moves in wrestling, um, and even though I, I'm a huge fan of the best friends, they're they're usually very guilty of like doing uh, awesome finishers that people shouldn't kick out of that people will kick out of. Like they do that. Uh, what is it? They do like that reverse outsider's edge into a cutter. That should kill you. Like they, that, the guy shouldn't be on TV for like a couple weeks. Um, the Canadian destroyers. I sometimes they're kind of hard to believe because the physics don't make sense to me sometimes how people get them off. Um, so I, I and people do it too much, and you shouldn't you shouldn't be able to move after like pile drivers used to like break people's necks, you know, like in storyline. Uh, when you get with a Canadian destroyer, I don't think you should be able to move. 
yeah for a little bit yeah and it was really obvious on mark the marco's one on trent that it was all trent yes because yeah. marco was literally it's fine. marco was literally dangling from him and then <laughs> just does a backflip i was like i mean i have no problem with that you know whatever because like i said i have no problem with marco's stunt but some people that you know care about that shit you know i could see them i actually am validating your criticism and as far as the canadian destroyer it's one of those things it's not going away i just wish it would be used in, in a uh used in more you know special situations it should be like the one wing angel. You get hit with it, you're done. Like I don't like it in NXT when people kick out of Adam Cole's Canadian Destroyer. Uh, what's he call it? The Panama Sunrise. Yeah. Uh, I, people have I've watched a few uh, of their uh, takeovers and people kick out of it and it drives me crazy because one, it makes his look it, it, that's his finish. So the, stop. His finish is the knee to the back of the head, which is good. But like I, I, I maybe I just don't like people kicking out of it. I, I just think like it's a it's a pile driver with extra momentum. You know, it's like uh, Suzuki does the gotch pile driver. If you get hit with that, you die. Like to the point where people don't even take it. Like they have to get out of it. <laughs> yes, I. That's again. I try not to compare anything to New Japan because it's such a superior entering product. But finishers matter in New Japan. The yes. the weakest finisher in New Japan is the world champions. Uh, the world champions clothesline and it's really put over the fact that it's so weak is because he's put it on so many people. People have just gotten used to taking it. Yes. You know, it's like the rainmaker, you know what I mean? So it's like, yeah. So I don't know. You still multiple times. And that's, it's fine to have finishers like that too. Cause it's like, okay, I, uh, do you, were you watching ring of honor when, um, Chris hero was there? Like he would do his shining elbows and like, he would do it right out the bat, and maybe it takes six or seven. Sometimes maybe it takes only two. Maybe it just takes one. It's like it's like a it's a it's a flash finisher, and that's fine too. But I, like uh, James got me into stardom, and the one thing I like about Joshi is that like girls will win from just like a uh, uh, fisherman suplex or just a clothesline because it looks like it should put you out, so it does. Yeah, and it can come out of nowhere. Yeah, it's just. The build of New Japan's matches are closer, are a good mix of old school and new school. But to me, it's like if I had a finisher, if I was a professional wrestler living in that imaginary world, mm-hmm. if I had a finisher that everybody kicked out of, that would no longer be my finisher. It's done. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna figure something out because it's not a finisher if it doesn't finish anyone. <laughs> And that's that's probably my only like real criticism of AEW. Sometimes it is too uh, flippy, where it's like you can tell they're helping each other out with moves, and you know that's it does. And, like in six man tags, I don't care. It's all hot spots. There's no t- like you said earlier. There's no trios title, so it's do whatever you want, get yourself over. But sometimes it's, I, I want a little bit like you know I'm doing this because it's going to take you out. Not I'm not doing it just because it looks cool yeah. to do. All right. The last, well, it's not even a match. The main event was uh, Chris Jericho out with the Spanish guy, Sammy Guerrero, and the big hurt, Jake Hager. And I'm just going to go through this whole review because uh, uh, a lot of people thought this was classic. I I, I, I personally have one thing that I would have changed 
but because I always do. Uh, the inner circle waited for John Moxley's answer to proposal. They had a table set up with some bubbly, and I uh, I had a friend that sent me. He's like, once I saw all the bubbly, I knew it wasn't going to end correct. <laughs> it wasn't going to end right for Jericho. <laughs> Uh, Moxley music hits. He walks down. Uh, the car is gassed up and ready to go, John. This is it. Will you be part of the inner circle? Uh, John then says, you offered me a car money and 49% ownership of inner circle. But I can't be bought. I came to run rush shot on pro wrestling. That's why my answer is yes. There's more dominant force in AEW than the inner circle. I want to stand with them. I believe in my heart that Chris Jericho is the greatest of all time. There's only one thing left. Pop open a bobble of the Butley. Uh, Mox unzips his jacket. You see it in the circle shirt. Uh, he hugged uh, everyone, uh, which was Jericho, Sammy G, and Jack Hager. Pro- uh, Proud and Powerful was not there. Actually, that made sense to me because of what was about to happen. I think you forgot something, Chris. Jer- Chris Jericho handed over the keys to a nearly priceless sports car he promised Moxley. Chris, my friend, I was just kidding. I would never join in the circle. You have nothing that I want. Mox pointed at Jericho's world champion title and continued, except for that. Moxley smashed the champagne bottles. Then Moxley delivered a paradigm shift to Sammy G. Then won to Jericho. Marksley stormed out of the ring, ripping off his inner circle T-shirt and clutching the keys to his new car. That was the end of it. What did you think of that ending? My favorite quote that I've been saying in the group chat has been, I was just kidding, Chris. I would never join the inner circle. It's a stupid group. Because it's it's such a short and simple line, but it's hilarious. I popped huge when he said that because... It, it, no, no one's called their group stupid. He's just like your group's stupid. Like that's you don't normally hear faction wars where people go like, yeah, your group's dumb. Yeah, I I thought it was hilarious. Yes, my only thing is I wish I I know the next two weeks are gonna be kind of iffy weeks, but weird weeks anyway. I wish, 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 wish they would have made us to go to next week before you turned on them. Um, they could have done that. They kind of already had us waiting like a week or two, though. Uh, no, but that's him? what I'm saying. He already said yes. I wanted everybody oh. to talk for a week like he's in the inner circle. I wanted us oh. all to be on the hook, and then he betrayed him. But I, I would have been fine with that. I'm a slow burn person. I am a, like, I am a make you wait person. You know what they could have done? What? They could have had him drive up to the show with them all in his new car. <laughs> yes. They're apparently this shot Khan's car. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Yes. Yeah. He's uh if y'all didn't know this, he's super rich. <laughs> Just a little bit. He's Just like the, he's that kind of rich that I don't even imagine. Like it's not me, real. At a certain point, after a certain point, it's like, yeah, okay, you want like everything. Like, to me, if I had a million dollars in the bank, to me, I'm rich beyond any means. I, there's no way I could ever spend that. That dude has a thousand of those four times <laughs> over. <laughs> I'm like, dude, like, no. He's, you know, but, uh, yeah, he's so rich, he can let them use a million-dollar car as a prop. I'm <laughs> <laughs> just saying, he's that rich. He can just buy another one. But, what was uh, it, $750,000? Yes. 
And, and anybody that's saying it's not a million seven hundred fifty thousand dollars, seven hundred fifty thousand dollars might as well be ten million dollars in my mind, because I'm never gonna have that to spend on a car. Me either, no. <laughs> yeah, it's just like no, it might as well be a million dollars. But yeah, it ended. Everyone loved it. The world loved it. To a lot of people, it saved the episode of Dynamite, which was one of the weakest episodes because of that women's segment. Literally, when I was asking people, you know, I am one of those people, I don't mind criticism of AEW. I think it's a wrestling company, even though I love it. I think criticism is good. People need to criticize it. That inspires people to get better, right? I need people to criticize AEW. But literally, when they were talking about this being one of the weakest episodes, the only thing that stuck out was the Chris Statlander and Rio match. That was the only thing they didn't like. And I'm like, this is this is weird. This might be my twist on everything, my weird twist on everything. But I ask, if you watch a two-hour show and there's only one segment that you like, that still seems like a really good show. Well, they're they're wrong for <laughs> multiple reasons because, like you said, you you can have one segment. It's like it's let's say it's at the end of the show and it just ruins the whole show for you. That is possible. That is possible. This wasn't that though. This yeah. wasn't at the end of the show. It didn't. Uh, the other storylines weren't dependent upon it. It was its own thing. And yeah, I didn't like it, but it was one segment. That was like the only thing. The other matches were amazing. Yeah. <laughs> the ones we talked about, they were great. Yeah, it was uh, just, yeah, they were. The other story segments were hilarious. Were great. Uh, I love the moxing. Like, the, if you say that ruined the whole show for you, like you, uh, there's a guy on YouTube I follow, um, Cosmonaut, uh, and he had a, a whole uh, YouTube video about criticism and and people's opinions, and everyone has an opinion, and everyone's opinions justified, except. If your opinion is funded based on misinformation or bad faith, you're entitled to your opinion, but your opinion can be wrong if it's based upon incorrect facts or, you know, biases or, and just, you know, just ingenuity. Like if you're just, you know, in bad faith. And if you say the whole show was ruined because of that, your opinion is invalid to me because it's based on incorrect information. The whole, the whole show was not based upon Brandy Rhodes, uh, whole segment. Like you said, it's a, it's a lower card act. That's like saying the librarians ruined the show for you. That's like saying, um, Sean Spears match or a Joey Janela match ruined it for you. Like you're wrong. Like or a Brandon Cutler match ruined it for you. Come on. It's, it's the whole show does. That's not the common. That's not like the whole thing the show is based around. It's that's wrong. Exactly is that is exactly the point I was making. It's just like you taking the second match on a card and saying that your whole opinion of the show was based on the second match of a card, and I just like I watched you know wrestling, and I just don't see how that's possible. <laughs> I just like I try to I try not to you know be like. Oh, I'm not trying not to be super judgmental or anything, but it's just like, so you enjoyed all the rest of the show. You thought yeah. everything was great, but the second match of the card just made you hate it. And it's well, just, to give it, 
to give an example, uh, you remember when Becky Lynch was, they had like a whole episode of Raw or SmackDown or whatever, where they were trying to get her to apologize to the McMahons or something. Yeah. And that was the whole background story that the whole show was kind of, they had other things in there, but that was the main focus. And then she eventually apologized. If you say that one, that segment, that one segment ruined the show for me, that's justifiable because that is what it was revolving around. If you, this, this, this segment was in a bubble. You know what I mean? It's like a it's like a B story or even a C story on a TV show. If uh, the 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 not the latest Star Wars, but the previous one, the casino scene that everyone hates. If you if that's the only part you didn't like and that ruined the whole movie for you, you know, oh that's kind of weird. But if you didn't like the whole story, if you didn't like Luke Skywalker, if you didn't like what they did with him, if you don't like Kylo, if you don't like Rey, okay, you don't like the movie. <laughs> yes. You know what I mean? Like, but if you only like one segment that's isolated. And that ruins the whole thing for you, and it's like I don't know. It's not even a quarter of the show either, right? That's like an eighth of the whole show. Like that's kind of I don't trust your opinion anymore. If that's what you say, <laughs> yeah, and that's what I'm like. It's just and it, you know, Cody uh, said he did take something from Eric Bischoff. His goal was to make an AEW a smorgasbord or a buffet. You might not like everything, but there's hopefully something on the show that connected with you. That is the goal. But we live in so sometimes we live in such an all or nothing world that yes. if you don't like one thing on it, it's like, oh man, I, I went I went to have Thanksgiving dinner. Man, that that turkey was amazing, best turkey I ever had. You know, the dressing was amazing, the cranberry sauce was amazing. But man, they had some fry. Uh, they man had those damn onions in the green bean casserole. I the whole meal was crap because of that. Yeah, I don't get that. <laughs> I don't get that. I'm like, you still had really good food, but uh, overall, I gave this. You know, you know, if I'm providing the letter grade, I gave this episode a, a dynamite a B. It was a solid B to me. You know, it was a good show. It wasn't, you know, wasn't great. It didn't blow me out the water, uh, but it was a good show. In the women's segment, I can honestly say, based on my letter B. Did not bother me at all. I just thought it was a regular heel getting revenge segment. I didn't think it was bad. Maybe my opinion is, you know, I, I am a positive person, but I didn't think it was bad at all. It did it connect with me. Did it make me feel not really? Because as soon as Brandy came out, I tweeted, I don't think this is gun match is going to end without Brandy interference. And then mm. it didn't, you know, because – it's wrestling, <laughs> you know. Brandy wasn't out there to watch a clean match. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I, I th and I think I was, I, I was a little bit harsher on that segment. And I, but I would still grade the whole show like a B plus. I loved the the things I loved about it. I loved. Yes. Like they, they were great. I mean, I, I liked Orange Cassidy. He's, he's my guy and best friend. So like, I was all about that. I loved the mock segment. I loved the, uh, the, the brotherhood. I loved uh, what was the, the the opening tag match, and that was a loaded show for me. <laughs> you know it, what I mean? Was, like it was a really good show. I really did. They set it up to be loaded. Uh, and like I said, I do think a lot of the hardcore wrestling fans do hold AEW time to a uh, New Japan standard, and they've never said they were going to be New Japan. They never said they were. They've still no. they've taken a lot, but they've never said they were going to be New Japan. So it's just like the whole idea of a clean finish. 
is really not an American concept that we get a lot. We don't get a lot of clean finishes in wrestling. We just don't. They give us a lot, too. They yeah. give us a lot of them. They do. They do give us a lot. But I'm just saying, again, this was a story being told. It's going to be told over the next few months. Well, shit, they got a month and a half before they have to have a women's title match. So you're going to at least get a few more weeks of this study, uh, of this story. I uh, just read uh, that Road to Miami comes out this Monday. So make sure you are subscribed to uh, you're subscribed to AEW All Elite Wrestling on YouTube, so you can get that. And we're gonna just do a little quick preview of next week. Uh, Tiffany put this out, so matches they announced for next week. First, they announced Cody's gonna respond to MJF on the fifteenth. Then mm. we get a triple threat tag team match. Winning tag team will receive a World Tag Team Championship match with SCU. We got the Young Bucks versus Hangman and Omega versus Santana and Ortiz versus the best friends. Oh. So that's going to Okay, be- well, we know who's taking the fall. What, the best friends? Yeah. yeah. Unless unless they do a Kenny and, and Hangman uh, twist, but I think it's too early for that. Um, I ask, why are the Bucks in this match? They've all. They just lost the SCU. They shouldn't be getting another chance at a title shot. To me, didn't they beat Proud and Powerful though recently too? Though, did they? Yes. Because when they beat them recently, yeah, they beat them to get the title shot against SCU, which they lost. Oh, okay. I, I'm misremembering. I don't know then. Yeah. So I was like, why is the Bucks even in this match? I mean, I know they're the Bucks, but it's like you just had a title shot. So back in the so they're not winning. <laughs> So, and then, and let me tell you, and then this personal thing, it warms the cockles of my soul. You know, you know, everyone knows how big of a Cody fan I am, right? Mm-hmm. But, again, Arn Anderson is my favorite wrestler of all time. So, you have my favorite wrestler of all time managing my current favorite wrestler. I don't think it could get better than that for me. And then you got this, like, promo picture with Cody and then Arn in the background. It's just like, yeah, this that's just it's like wrestling porn to me. That's just amazing. <laughs> like it's the, just the greatest thing ever. Every time I see it, I get a big ass shit eating grin on my face because it just makes me so happy. It's like I would I would have never even like thought of that. It's like, hey, who would you like to manage, Cody Arn? But that's never gonna fucking happen because Cody doesn't need a manager. <laughs> this is, yeah he really doesn't need a manager but still i'll take it then we get the match i'm like honestly the most i don't think you could have announced a match that made me more excited you get the bastard Pac versus darby allen yo yes i'm so excited for that one That's oh be- please give them 20 minutes please try to make it commercial free they will kill it Yes, I'm big on Darby. He's he's won me over. And then the Sammy Guerrero Boomer Beatdown Tour takes a pause this week as he wrestles against John Moxley. So he's probably taking a paradigm shift. Probably and, one or two. And at least one or two. Then we have a women's tag team match. We talked about this earlier. It'll be Chris Statlander and uh, Hikaru Shida. Or actually, it's just Shida. They just, I guess they got rid of the Hikaru. 
Uh, just to let you know, she's pretty good follow on Twitter. She did a cover of a Bruno Mars song while playing the piano. It was pretty good. She's got a pretty good voice. Mm. Uh, then we had Awesome Kong and Mel with Brandy Rose, the Nightmare Collective. Uh, a lot of people believe the fate of the Nightmare Collective is based on Mel's performance. I'm kind of there a little bit. <laughs> yes, I mean, I've, I've seen that, and I heard that from you. That's why I wanted to bring that up, so we'll see there. And then we get MJF, the Butcher and the motherfucking Blade, with the bunny in their corner, versus DDP, Dustin Rhodes, and QT Marshall. I love this because this is so old-school territory booking. They are keeping Cody and Cody and MJF away from each other. Do you um do you know? Uh, I I wasn't watching Impact when when uh, Allie was there, but is the bunny a thing from her past? And um... the bunny is she was a more light character. It was the demon and the bunny. The demon was Rosemary, and the bunny, of course, was Allie. And they were a polar opposite tag team. Like the uh, demon, the demon was the dark side. Bunny was the light. Towards the end of her running impact, the bunny went dark and she started, you know, hanging with, uh, Sue, Sue young. And then she kind of went back to the light and then died. She got, oh. got stabbed in the chest and died What on, 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 the, uh, on the, on the show. So okay. the dark bunny is kind of the variation of that second version of the bunny. Okay, but this is—I think she's more of a biker bunny now than a. Oh, you know, she's more of a biker bunny than a dark bunny. She's oh like not not evil. Like someone pointed out, they're like an old western group. The the butcher and the blade. It's like they're they're a western duo, and the I like their look. Yeah, I like their look too. I just try to. It was like when people's like, man, it's kind of a dark character. I'm like, really, it's not. It's it's completely different. They're four higher hitmen. They're four higher thugs. You know, mm -hmm. they're, they're, they're to me, it's a different vibe than any type of spookiness. They'll just they'll yeah, just beat just they, gang. They'll just take money to beat you up. They don't really care who they work for <laughs> as long as you pay them, which is very realistic. Um, so that is the uh, preview for next week. Looks like a pretty stacked episode of Dynamite. Uh, you excited for it? I yeah, this one looks really good. Like I, I kind of, I'm wondering if the the if the uh, they're 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 having Cody win with Arn in his corner, but I, uh, and I wasn't on on the same page as these people. But people were complaining that the the Blade and the Butcher were losing too much too early, uh, from one match. Uh, I kind of don't want them to lose this match, and I and also MJF kind of has to win too. No, so MJF, not, MJF needs to get the pin in this match. So I think yes. I think MJF is going to put pin QT. Okay, yeah, I can see that. Okay, but that uh, makes sense. Yeah, I don't have a problem with it because the butcher and the blade are henchmen. MJF is the big. If you're thinking in video game terms, MJF is the big boss. MJF yeah. is Shredder. Uh, <laughs> butcher and the blade are Bebop and Rocksteady. You know, they're there yeah. to lose. So. I can see that. I I want them to have a better finisher though. I don't like their finisher. It's a elevated. What was it, what is it? Uh, elevated, like a suplex into like a. Oh a, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, 
it's basically Cedric Alexander's move with two people. Yeah, and it, the the one guy uh, who's the one that wears the mask when he comes out, he looks he wears the leather coat. He's uh, not the guy with the monocle. The blade. The it's the blade. The blade, like he the way he does it, uh, he kind of just has his feet down a little. Like you can tell they're not really taking it when he does it. Yeah, I um, which I, that's the part I don't like. Yeah, I, I could see that. And again, when you can look at one guy that does the move by himself and it looks better. It's yes. like even makes your move look worse, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, I completely understand. I would love, I would like them to switch that up a little bit if they want to. Uh, but yeah, we got a good preview. It's in Miami, home of the Miami Hurricanes, uh, the team I hate the most, second most <laughs> in the world. So I'm a Florida State fan, so I hate Miami. Uh, but yeah, I guess you know that city can have something. I guess, but no, <laughs> no, like. It's funny because I hate the college, Miami University, because I'm a Florida State fan. But Miami has always been one of those cities that is on my kind of list of cities I want to spend time in. Mm-hmm. I'm just waiting for like there to be a big wrestling event there, like WrestleMania or something. Because that's the only reason. only reason I travel is wrestling. Like, Makes the, sense. The only reason I travel is wrestling. But that is it. We, we're caught up. We got an episode of Road to Miami coming out Monday. Uh, tickets to Utah and Denver went on sale this week. Uh, or went on sale Friday. So if you are happening to listen and you are from the, uh, the Salt Lake City and or Denver area, Make sure you pick up the tickets. They didn't announce a sellout, so I'm pretty sure it didn't sell out. And, yeah, uh, we're excited. We're excited for uh, what's coming up next. Uh, Greg, I'd like to thank you for joining me this week. You want to give your plugs, your socials? Uh, Nothing really to plug except for the Social Suplex website. Uh, Well, uh, That's mainly what I've been working on with you guys. I'm trying to be a little bit more... uh, uh, trying to provide a little bit more content than I have in a while, but uh, hoping that it'll change this year. Uh, that's all I have to plug. All right. Also, I want to re- uh, let you know that on Alicia Atoot's, uh blog, it's called, uh, I guess it's, uh, it's on Twitter, on her uh, YouTube page. Uh, I guess, what's it called? Oh, music? Oh, Ambi? Yeah, Ambi on her YouTube page. She actually did have a catching up with Chris Statlander. So she's not wearing makeup or acting like an alien. So if you want to see her in her normal everyday self, you can check out that YouTube. Uh, yeah, it was. It's been a big week for. It's a, it seems like every week's kind of a big week of AEW. And I'm gonna throw this out there because I always do. AEW had what 927,000 uh, viewers this week. The biggest bump on the show was doing the Chris Statlander and Rio match. And they did not lose it doing the after part with Brandy, which shocked the hell out of me. Right? That's weird, right? Yeah. I just think people, I mean, people were upset, but people didn't stop watching. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, Tony Khan sent out a, a message this week on Twitter thanking them all for a big time rating success. It carried over from the first to the eighth. Their numbers, you know, staying over the 900,000 mark. Uh, 
I think the next two weeks will be kind of weird because I believe next week is live, but I believe because it's two weeks of Bastion Beach, I don't think the week after is live. So you're going to get a taped episode of uh, Dynamite versus, you know, the regular episode of NXT. Don't know how that's going to work out. We'll find out. I I have I still retweet the ratings every week, but honestly, we don't really break them down because, you know, it doesn't matter to me as long as they're putting on a good show. That's all that matters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, I like to thank you. Of course, I'm at Floyd Johnson Jr. on Twitter. Uh, I'd rather you just follow the show because I do tweet from the show more than I tweet from my regular account. That's at at elite pod. Uh, on Twitter, you can hit us up at allthingselitepod at gmail.com for any questions. Uh, I'd like to thank you again, Greg, for joining me this week. I don't mind doing the show by myself, as I said, but it is a lot better when I have someone with me. And most importantly, I you are not what I would call an AEW shill. So <laughs> it was, you know, like me, which I have no problem being. You know, I carry it. I carry it like a badge of honor. I carry my fandom like a badge of honor. But you are more of in the middle guy. So it was great mm. to get a more uh, opinion that was unbiased. Well, I mean, thanks for having me on. Uh, I had a great time. I mean, I I, I am unbiased, I think, but I, I really do like AEW. So. Yeah, and you know what? Uh, you do have a positive way of looking at things. I, I, I saw that today, so you definitely fit into this show. <laughs> good <laughs> alright all right. well hey thanks everybody uh, we'll have the show up tonight it is a, a little later than it usually is but I'd like to uh, thank you all for listening sticking with us make sure you are leaving us ratings and reviews if I suck or if I talk too much please let me know because I'm not going to change but I still want to know what you think uh, but remember if whether it's homework or school always do your best to be elite Thank you.